0: everybody and welcome back to another episode of cinema swap the podcast where we take a look at older movies and think if this was made today who would be cast as the main characters i am your host chris here with our old intro because yes we are doing another recasting episode and joining me is my co-host Forrester. it feels like it's been a while since you've gotten to say that but it's literally been a month yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <how this laughs> exactly works. one month since we've done another full movie recasting yeah um and we are joined by a very special guest today uh someone who' I'm, I'm personally a big fan of for their work uh in in the industry that we both kind of reside in um is a podcaster uh author writer anything else there Jordan
1: I don't know man uh i' I've, a bon I'm, in charge of, I'm in charge of a school I, i'm the editor oh, yeah. of a magazine I write for the LCBO magazine i get around, you know.
0: There you go. Renaissance man. That's right. As long as it's beer related. And other things, I'm sure, too. <laughs> I don't think Ranga's school has. You know what? Maybe. The I don't school know thing, thing just, is actually beer related. We can let, we can. Anyway, Mr. Jordan St. John, we are pleased to have you on our show today. Hello.
1: I've, re- I've rehearsed this speech a thousand times. And now that I'm here, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A pretty well, right off the bat, with the best Sean Connery impersonation ever. So now none of us can do it. <laughs> I was going to say at some point we should all just take turns saying "losers, losers, losers" whine about doing their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. I, I don't,
1: I don't think that's the that's the summation of the movie. I think that the entire thing is is related in uh, the scene with Claire Forlind, where they're at the. uh Artists' colony mm-hmm. says, Thank you for that. You didn't have to handle it that way. What do you say? We cut the chit chat eye hole. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, an <laughs> entirely chit- different.
0: <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage's area? character, he goes from like very chill and professional to be like, What the fuck is going on, dude? To get it. <laughs> just, like, just crashing it, a sports disprop- car <laughs> Disproportionately upset all of a sudden. And like, tr- he tries to be a tough guy a lot. When it's clear he doesn't need to try to be a tough guy, he can just be like chill.
1: Yeah, and, and what I realize I've done there is I've completely negotiated around the introduction of the concept. Like, oh, that's okay. We haven't, we haven't told them what movie we're oh, doing. They, they should don't know mention by now. it till
0: five minutes in. They should yeah. know by now. <laughs> yeah, what so other getting, Nick Cage, Sean Connery movies are there. <laughs> not enough, Forrester. Not like enough. I'm saying, dream recasting of Highlander, sure, but. <laughs>
1: how i you can't really do that I mean it wouldn't be the same it wouldn't be any good without the actors that are in it yeah no that's that's the entire premise of this show <laughs> i mean you need you need Christopher Lambert there to just like there can be only one <laughs>
0: just be there, God <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the
0: movie we are recasting today, listeners is none other than nineteen ninety six action classic the Rock, which is great. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that's the full title of the movie, Little little Known fact. Yeah, yeah. As, as
1: Alcatraz, fact. believe it or not, most of the tunnel sequences were actually shot internally. On, really? Uh, yeah, it was a steady cam that was uh, within the rock. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. That does kind of explain a lot of things. I wouldn't expect any different from like, this is Michael Bay, so Michael Bay, Bruckheimer. So it's kind of like, you're expecting some things. I'd say the action's a lot choppier than normal. But that would explain it a lot. Where it's like it's hard to get a good camera setup in those areas when you're but, shooting explosions
1: down them. Within yeah. Dwayne, within Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just too hey. big for those tunnels. Yeah, <laughs>
0: no one's ever escaped from Dwayne the Rock Johnson.
1: That. I once found my way through his aperture. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could do it again. <laughs> God.
0: Yeah, this is so listeners this would not be surprised to any of you and i've spoken to the other guys about this but it's this my first time seeing this movie after all these years of just kind of knowing about it and seeing memes and stuff but holy crap what a fun movie just terrific maybe it doesn't totally hold up today but just a very fun action movie it's not bad i'd say it's surprisingly there's there are a lot of explosions but i'd say it's surprisingly subdued well what i mean like, by <laughs> what i mean by not holding up is that like so the bad guy, General Hummel, well, the quote-unquote oh. bad guy, <laughs> he's, he's doing this fake kind of hostage terrorist attack because he wants pensions for his dead, his dead men's families, which is good. But as I was saying to Forrester the other night, never once in the movie does he ever be like, man, I really wish we didn't commit all those war crimes. He's just like, man, I really wish my fam- the families got paid for it, which is like, <laughs> veterans affairs are fucked in the U.S. for sure. But it's like, he could also be like, man, I really wish we weren't doing illegal atrocities but across the globe for 40 it's years. It's one of those things where he's okay with that.
1: Which is bad. Which
0: It's that belief that we're doing it for a good reason. But then to have the government say like, no, you're wrong and put all the blame on these people. He's like, that's not okay. We were just doing our jobs, <laughs> which doesn't sound good.
1: The, the sort of amazing thing about it is it's so much a holdover of like the 1960s and 70s Cold War. Like it's it's that period sociopolitically, and then like left over from that, you've got all these characters kicking around. Like, I think one of the strengths of the movie is the depth of its casting, and like yeah. the the chief of the FBI is John Spencer, who's Leo McGarry on the White Wing,
0: yeah, or
1: West Wing, and it's um uh he he's great because he's such a scumbag, and he's just like ah we can't let anybody know that we did all these terrible things, and then they're they, they're on like the comms with General Hummel where he's intimidating him, he's like stating his terms you know you yeah need to transfer a hundred million dollars and the the guy who's the white house chief of staff says something like we were never in south china he's like oh
0: yeah it's son. everybody it, it kind of pegs every level of like government official on this like william forsyth who's like uh, forsyth who's just like starts off kind of on a bad guy but then turns around then you're like oh he is also just doing his job like He's not a bad guy. <laughs> I find it, especially in Michael Bay movies, Michael Bay just loves, he loves the U.S. and he he loves, like, the military and stuff like that, which to a point, fine, sure, go ahead, enjoy that shit. And and Michael Bay, I think, loves soldiers. He doesn't like, he's not like raw, rah U.S. government. He's just like, I fucking love soldiers, support the troops. So the government are sort of um, secondary, like, not villains, but they're they're also guilty in this movie. Of bad, I mean, and they are, the US government's fucking guilty of terrible shit, yeah. but he's just like, these soldiers just did their jobs, and they died for their country, and they have nothing to show for it, and the government's the bad guys, even though the soldiers have zero remorse for doing awful things, the government's the one that made them do it, which Chris, is again true. It's about the widows, it's about the widows. I understand, Chris. I'm just saying you the hate nice widows? General Hummel's also like, <laughs> man, I wish I didn't execute 30 Iraqi civilians back in 92, that really weighs on my conscience. I mean, yeah, but nobody's going to pay him to go back in time.
1: <laughs> the amazing thing is, like, everybody has their I'm slightly a bad guy story arc. It's like, you know, Womack is terrible because he worked for Hoover, and yeah. Hummel is bad because he's revolting against the, the also bad institution, right? Like, so there's that. Yeah. And and the guys who revolt against him later in the movie, spoiler alert, are, are also bad for the reason that they are, you know, mercenaries, which is just... You know, yeah, hurtful. but... but and, and then John Mason... Is uh, you know, he's a SAS agent who's performing espionage on an ally, which is not good. And then Stanley Goodspeed, I mean, you get down to Nicholas Cage, and it's like, I just spent $600 on this <laughs> Beatles record that I can't tell my girlfriend about,
0: yeah, even though she's <laughs> pregnant and I am getting forced into a marriage. <laughs> I want to ask though, was that the only Beatles record left on earth, or something that cost $600 for a record? Chris, 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 by Chris. I don't know, man. I've bought records. They're like The five Beatles bucks. record. Like, it's a Beatles expensive. anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a Beatle I mean, maniac. Uh, yeah. I, I got a copy of surgeon Peppers over there. You can have it for six bucks. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, oh, <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> Man, so at the very start of this movie, the, the, the title card where it says The Rock with the Flames is like the most 90s action movie title card I've ever seen in my entire life, I think. I can't remember what Mortal Kombat was, but probably similarly probably close, yeah. Yeah.
1: With slightly more iconic music behind it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, the music in this is really good. Yeah. Like really good. Well, it's 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 Hans Zimmer at his like just the top of his game and it's got notes where you can, like you can hear stuff that comes in, in Gladiator and Pirates of the Caribbean later like very similar kind of music. It gets me. I love Pirates of the Caribbean and Gladiator it gets me fired up when I hear those soundtracks or scores, I should say. And you could hear Hans Zimmer just like electric guitar and then Pirates of the Caribbean. Like this is tight. It's really tight music.
1: It's like the peak of 1990s big budget movie making. I mean, there's, there's nothing to top it. Uh, I think next, the year after that it's like face off and I don't know, broken arrow is later, but it's like this, this series of movies. Um, they're not related to each other, but they're kind of like spiritually successive, you know? Um, and they, they spend money on the special effects, just not enough to make it look good now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. it's tough because there's so much of this is also is still practical, but like there's bits and pieces where you're like, uh, they kind of phoned it in. Like I guess <laughs> Michael Bay, great at like a lot of things, and you'd expect him to be really good, but like when um I forget the actor's name, gets shot out of the like window at the rocket. It's like the dummiest oh, dummy you've uh, ever seen. Tony Todd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs>
1: just like it's like so dumb.
0: <laughs> well, speaking That's of true. practical effects, that the at the very start when Nick Cage is showing up that he's an action scientist in the the glass enclosure with the uh Serbian terrorist, baby, uh, poison, explosive. Overkill, by the way. Really, it's poison, expensive. gas, and explosive. You can literally just have it explode when they open the crate. That's the point, isn't yeah. it?
1: I mean, doesn't his sidekick guy have to, like, pick the baby doll out, out of the box? I mean, yeah. here's move some mags that were here. It
0: upright. And, Squeeze it.
1: <laughs> move the arm a bunch in order to trigger it. Like, he literally triggers the device by playing with it. It's ridiculous. You, don't,
0: you don't want that going off without knowing or like without planning, but also it's just loose in a crate. That thing could have gone off like
1: way <laughs> before around. they got in there. <laughs> also, there's a weird stunt casting thing in that scene. Like the guy who is the assistant lab tech who's on the outside of the glass is Bob from UHF.
0: Yeah. It's, this movie is full of, Hey, it's that guy moment. Yeah. I told Chris yeah. that coming into it, that. I was like, you're going to see yeah. a lot of people that aren't at their prime yet. They haven't done probably their biggest thing. But you're gonna be like that guy that guy <laughs> well one one that i love that i think you pointed out forrester and we chatted a little bit about jordan was the guy who i don't even know the actor's name but he plays tuco salamanca in breaking bad and yeah. he's one of hummel's marines and he's got this great top knot on the back uh,
1: hairstyle
0: and he looks fucking uh, terrific the whole movie raymond cruz yeah and I'm like oh, raymond, hey, that guy sorry.
1: yeah yeah, but I mean like th- there are people in this movie. I don't think John C. McGinley has like more than two lines in the entire film. He's in platoon. He's Dr. Cox on Scrubs. Oh, he's, yeah. Like
0: what? <laughs> he, he like he yells a bit, runs around, gets lit on fire and and scene for him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's incredible. And also, the problem the problem that you have with this like level, like I didn't know when I, when I said yes to this, that what the depth of the mission was here, I didn't realize <laughs> we were just casting the main three roles. And I was like, oh, we have to recast everybody. <laughs> oh crap. I mean, how do you replace the, the, the crew that you have on either the, the Marine team or the Navy SEAL team, or even in the, like the government, like yeah. staffing part of it, because all of the people that you would want to be on a Marine team or a Navy SEAL team in order to be popular enough now that you would know about them are probably already way out of budget. Like oh, yeah, like you, you, if you're making a movie where there's a Marine team, you want somebody like Dave Batista or something, but there's no way.
0: Yeah. No, it's TV actors for the yeah. Marines and Navy SEALs. That's thinking, right. Hey, that guy. I love, I love him on Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> <That
1: guy. laughs> or Green Arrow. Or is it Arrow? I don't want. I don't it's, it's Arrow. Arrow? Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. We, we right, can, right. We can probably go. get Michael J. White. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: i mean yeah i would take that <laughs> also one thing i noticed in this movie all the tour guides between ranger bob and the bus guy insane <laughs> like they're crazy people like they're just they're like so great well ranger bob is annoying as fuck the bus tour guide or the trolley tour guide he's kind of funny but like they're just like i the most personality almost in the movie are these fucking tour guides. I'm gonna extend that even to uh the barber and stuff, like where it's like they have extras and like these are true extras that don't have any part of the action. So like just whoever, just crazy. Why not? And it's like that feels weird. Like it really totally weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean the barber is Anthony Clark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's <laughs> like a, a very successful stand-up comedian. And the only place I would have seen him before The Rock came out would have been on just for laughs
0: yeah yeah actually but, so
1: that's it you know i mean there it's you know, this period true. in hollywood before the internet where everybody who's on a casting agent's desk is known and they've all been like extras on sitcoms or whatever and before you know netflix we used to watch tv so we would have known all of these people a yeah. little bit
0: one thing i also found very funny going back to kind of uh more side characters uh when nick cage or I guess his character, Stanley, Dr. Stanley Goodspeed, when uh, Dr. Stanley, when his girlfriend uh, tells him he's pregnant and they they become enfianced and they're all excited and happy. He's like, hey, I got go to San Francisco. Come with me. Go to the hotel room. Order a bottle of champagne. It's like, bro, you just found out she's pregnant. Like, you're not going to share a bottle of champagne with her. 90s was, was a different yeah, time. Yeah, 90s was different. Yeah, exactly.
1: We didn't know anything about health in 1996. People still <laughs> smoked, you know.
0: Yeah, not in this yeah. movie so much, but <laughs> no, no, because they're they're all elite killing machines. They don't have time to smoke. That's right. They're peak physical specimens. Yeah, I'm surprised none of the FBI agents. I thought for sure one of them. Maybe there was something about that. Michael Bay, super anti smoke.
1: I don't know, but it's not in the movie, is it?
0: Yeah, that there feels weirdly not 90s. Actually, impressive of him. One um, thing we also chatted about. He wants a hundred million dollars from this, like. Do you want me to do the math? Black slush flush slush fund the government has for like black ops illegal shit. So like and or he's just like he's like, I'm gonna blow up half of San Francisco with poison gas. Or he could have, or they could, or he could have been like, I'm gonna release all this data and tell everybody, you know, all sorts of things he could have done. they could have they could afford a hundred million dollars yeah, for this. They I could have just been like, fuck <laughs> it, let's it's hush money, let's make him go away. They paid enough hush money, I'm sure, for a lot of different things. Over the years, this is what's another hundred million dollars out so, of their fucking eight billion dollar defense budget. I did the it's, research so, they on this. Figured out so fast. <laughs> it's not eight billion, it's 265.6 billion dollars in 1996 was the defense budget. And if you, the I forget, I didn't write down the number of the people living in San Francisco, but equals to about 130 dollars per person from everyone living in San Francisco to
1: just pay them off. That's like, that's. It, it is literally a slush fund that is hidden by the Pentagon. Nobody knows yeah. money exists.
0: So that's yeah, not even yeah. part of the $260 billion. It's just off the side. It would never get out in the news if they paid them off. They'd just go away. Everyone would be quiet, and that would be the end. They could have figured it out in two hours. But that yeah. wouldn't have made an action-packed Michael Bay film, now would it, Forrester? <laughs> no, but they could have maybe jumped that number up a bit more. <laughs> I'll take $1 million. Just even a, a cool <laughs> billion right there. That's enough that people might be like, oh eh. Yeah. we don't especially know we not do.
1: with that prick Womack. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly.
0: Uh, I think this is one of the angriest Sean Connery roles for at least the first half of the movie he's very grumpy he's grumpy I don't know about angry <laughs> he looked good with the long hair too well, I think can, that was like a good look for him
1: he gets grumpy in some things but I mean like historically he's, he's generally pretty good natured I mean like yeah. you know in Goldfinger where he's locked in the little room there, and he's trying to get the attention of the guard, you know. So he's winking at him through the. Like, I, I,
0: I, I'm in the <laughs>
1: cell. You can't see me now, and he's <laughs> he's hiding above the door in the cell, um, yeah. and, you know, he 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 basically tricks a guard to get it killed by being very good natured. So like even in, <laughs> in extremes, he's quite well tempered.
0: Yeah, that's I just mean go. like the Stardust movie. He's very, very gr- and rightfully grumpy. Rightfully yeah. so, but very grumpy. And then he kind of chills out afterwards. Once he gets a haircut and puts on a suit, he's like a little bit more calm. Which I guess is a story for all of us. I think he yeah. just needed a shower. That was it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I but
1: fucking stink. I actually, use a shower. Like Thirty years without suit. a shower will make you grumpy. It's a it's <laughs> yeah. a weird weird role for him, but like it it because there's not much before that that decade.
0: No, but I think the intention of this is it's it's that I mean everyone on the internet who's looked into this a little bit more is that it's a on-the-sly Bond sequel. It's old yeah. James Bond, basically, is how they're, like, writing it. And they tweaked it enough so that, eh, it's not, but you know, says something about the casting and the fact it's a British, British agent stealing something from the U.S., like, stuff like that, where it's like, uh, this would this is what would happen to Bond. I mean, he got drunk, got uh, arrested at an airport, clearly. That's how this worked out. <laughs> that feels very Bond. <laughs> Has a the, bunch of illegitimate children. Yep, very Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Bond going to a Led Zeppelin concert. I, probably by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't see Sean Connery's character in this going to a Led Zeppelin concert. No. What else? What was the opening act? Something. <laughs> Maybe he was just there stalking like uh, a Target or something and happened to meet a pretty woman. And then oh, had, yeah. had five minutes, so he went to like, the bathroom like, or something. One second. And then just snaps a neck and comes back to her. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds right. The guy standing beside her. (laughs) Oh, good. This is convenient. (laughs) Yeah. Guess you won't need that sheet. (laughs) (laughs) Is this sheet taken? Oh, there you go. (laughs) Perfect. Um, One other thing. There's the scene where they're chasing Sean Connery through San Francisco, just strictly downhill in San Francisco. (laughs) And they make a point to show all these big military vehicles running over, like, hippie cars. Like, it was some sort of, like, weird message, like, fuck you hippies, which I didn't really understand. They're just parked there, and, like, the Hummers are running them all over. I think it's just they thought of, like, what's the most San Francisco thing? It's, like, environmentalism, uh, clean water, old ladies crossing the road. (laughs) So slowly. They definitely hit some fruit carts, too. I was keeping an eye out. I was like, are they going to, like, go for the trifecta? No panes of glass, but Man, they were throwing everything at this.
1: <laughs> the bottles of water are particularly impressive. That's a really nice visual.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. a cool looking one. Like I said, there's it is still Michael Bay.
1: Yeah, so, every car
0: man. in downtown San Francisco is packed full of C4 because even just getting fucking rear-ended <laughs> makes them explode.
1: Damn straight. I just, I, I love the fact that in the middle of that chase sequence, you suddenly hear. Bring, 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 bring! Du hast mein Handy gestohlen. No, I've only borrowed your Humvee. The car phone? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: That brief moment where he's like, What the hell is that? Yeah, what the, like, the hell is that? Good the, cars, touch. the cars have yeah. phones in them now? Exactly. <laughs> like after 30 years of being in prison, I don't know if I could drive very well.
1: Well, and also the fact that he has immediately identified the owner of the car that he's stolen. It's just like <laughs> who else would be calling him? It's yeah. He's he's very uh he's very quick on the uptake, is John Mason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I liked about Stanley uh, a lot was when he found out he was go- like he's like basically an analyst for for or you know sometimes he diffuses poison bombs but he's basically a desk guy. And when he finds out like oh no man you're going in. When he finds out, he goes to the bathroom to puke like any rational like normal person would. I'm like that's a relatable scene. If someone told me I had to go into a like basically war- what's going to be a war zone, I'd be like I'll be right back to you guys. Like I'm like that's a very normal person way to react to that, and I like that in a action in a hero in this movie. He's like I don't want to fucking go he in does, there. Like lose, sort of lose every fight he gets in. He doesn't die, but he does lose most of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> like two weeks of good. basic like firearm training, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> like okay, I appreciate the effort there. Like not to make your uh hero like a Mary Sue character. It's like no, he's good at what he does. And that's it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think he, he's got a body count of two in the movie. No, sorry, three.
0: Yeah, he yeah. does kill a guy and then stab himself in the heart with an antidote.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he he hits the one guy with the. He
0: does uh, have the weirdest
1: kills. The actually. Rocket Man. Thing. Yeah, it, it's that's all awesome.
0: it's all varying levels of self defense, which what? get progressively more batshit, but it's all self defense. But, but I, he does
1: also shoot the guy who's trying to kill Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So he gets the taste for blood as Chris, but he's like, oh, he's yeah. got the taste for blood now. <laughs> um, I just realized this might say something about that character wants to be an action hero. And that's why all of his kills are so like weirdly over the top. Most of the kills in this are pretty straightforward. Guy gets shot, guy's neck breaks, knife hits someone's throat, like really brutal quick kills. And Stanley's character, like, yeah, Stanley just like goes out of the way to pick like excessive
1: ways to kill people like shooting them with a rocket <laughs> it, it, it's certainly sort of like part of this trademark bipolar acting style you know there's oh. nick cage being very nick cage and then there's some nick cage
0: yeah and i feel like the kills are all this or something <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all of the the body count moments are like way over the top like you can't just shoot a guy you know yeah but i i like
0: this idea that he's trying to be an, like he's inspired by who uh mason is and he's trying to be an action hero so he does these things that he's seen in action movies but most of the time he gets his ass kicked which says something really? Like and he hops in a sports car but doesn't catch the guy <laughs> like it's things like that, that i'm like yeah actually it kind of says it's almost anti-action hero where it's like don't try and do the action hero things it's well, going to get no, killed.
1: <laughs> I think you're right because as they've got the the chase scene downhill in San Francisco, yeah. he's, he's like, you know, all the other cop cars have been uh, taken out by the fact that uh, suddenly the road is blocked. Um, and by he swerves off down an alley and comes through a garage. And on the way through the garage, he's looking at the wall at the far end and he just says, oh, why not? <laughs> and just plunges right through the thing.
0: Yeah, like it's it's things that it, he doesn't die because you need your main character to survive past the opening scenes, but <laughs> it's that he wants to be that he's not that. Yeah, he, no. his his give a shit runs out pretty quickly once he's thrust in the situation. He's like, ah, well, if it's gonna be one thing, it's gonna be all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in for a penny, basically, right from the get go. I
1: yeah. might have a pregnant girlfriend waiting on the other side of the bay, but screw it. I'm gonna with my gonna I'll play drive straight to a wall.
0: Fuck the FBI for being like, we'll take care of it. We'll keep her with us still in the city. They could have just removed her from the city. Get her out of the city. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess they need them to care about, you know, half of San Francisco. (laughs) One thing that is sweet that I really like, those underwater jet skis they use to get from the helicopter into Alcatraz. Like, I've seen those little, like, personal single man, like, little scuba... Uh, jet things before, but like the actual sitting on like underwater jet skis, very cool looking. Really like those. Our props from a James Bond film. I think Thunderball has like the actual full mount ones with like harpoon guns in them, (laughs) (laughs) just badass. (laughs) They didn't have to have an underwater fight in this one, yeah, yeah, fair enough. No sharks. (laughs) One thing as well, I really loved um, Sean Connery's reaction faces whenever explosions are around. He's like, oh, like just a really funny face because he knows there's an effect happening behind him. And he's like, oh, and just like start running away. He's, he's got a good look on his face, which I kind of picked up on a couple of times. I so thought it was very funny.
1: Yeah, th- there are a couple of explosions in the movie that are like as well CGI'd as they could be for the budget that they had and the technology that they had. But there's one, especially on a, on a truck in, during the chase scene where the truck goes up in the air and clearly, that's a practical effect, and then the mm-hmm. CGI comes up around it, and it's very clearly not on fire. Um, it's it's kind of 2022 YouTube. <laughs> where's my where's
0: my digital remaster of The Rock? <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: that's, that's right. I, I, men- I
0: mentioned I mentioned Forrester. It didn't look like shitty quality. I think they did remaster it for. We watched it on like Disney Plus. I think that's what it had it on, and it didn't look like grainy '90s. Like it looked like pretty f- decent uh, quality. They made a remastered a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the film quality was definitely a lot better. It d- we weren't watching this on like a VHS. So <laughs> No, no, no of course. Watched. Of course. <laughs> oh, someone didn't rewind it. Come Damn on. It. It. We're halfway through.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think there's also one practical effect that's kind of visible. It's in the fight scene in the tunnels after they've been blown up and like shot at and stuff. Um, where they're riding the minecart thing. Yeah. yeah. And there's clearly they've clearly shot it in reverse, and there's clearly a wire attached to the minecart.
0: Pulling it back.
1: Pulling it back,
0: yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I was assuming there was definitely some. I thought they were speeding up some of that stuff. Where I was just like, looks like they just over cranked a little bit, and that's. I mean, no actual physical crank involved, but <laughs> shot at a higher like frame rate. I'm like, eh. or slower frame rate. Well, spe- yeah. Speaking of those mine carts, everything those the the mine the swinging buckets, whatever they are, from like the 1920s, very sturdy. Like Bullet. grown men jump in them, they don't fall down even though they've been there for seventy maybe plus years. They don't like they yeah, used to, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, built well, nineteen twenties. <laughs> well,
1: gosh, we here at the uh, San Francisco Mining Company really hope that you enjoy our product, and we've made sure that it's bulletproof, so that any of the people who are excavating under Alcatraz is that why they're there? Why are uh, these things here? <laughs> I think, uh, it,
0: if I'm not mistaken, it might have been like a mine before they made it a prison. Like okay. It was a Spanish fort way back in the day. So maybe they were like also mining just like materials for the, yeah.
1: the fort for the
0: Spanish for the... people, gold. Why
1: not? <laughs> it, it's a Michael Bay movie. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Try yeah, not there's, to a overthink. there's a mine shaft fight and they ride a cart. This extended mine cart riding scene. Try not would, to overthink
1: it. <laughs> would you give Harrison Ford this level of crap? No, you would not. So <laughs>
0: exactly. Also, when the missile ditches into the bay or into the ocean river and it probably kills what like so many fish in that area it lands i have to assume I say what like maybe it deactivates with water like maybe this stuff is super maybe. contagious but like really bad with water
1: it, it's interesting because it, it's not mentioned at all is it like, i mean what if that like... water
0: flows into san francisco bay
1: what if, I mean, instead of going through the elaborate scene in the morgue where you have to, like, pull the thing out and then remove the guidance chip, you could just douse them in water. Yeah. Or literally just, like, take the whole thing. <laughs> it's lift-up-able.
0: lift, up, lift up-able. You don't need to, like, gently it out just, like, and put it back. Why even put it back? They know you're there after, like, the first one. Like, just. Also, imagine you're the guys designing those missiles. It's like, hey, listen, we're going to make this as dangerous as possible to put together. Even for the guys putting it together, they've got these jangly balls of the most toxic poison on the planet. Yeah, like, they're break like, break super easy. <laughs> yeah, what if they fucked up building them? And it just dies. That's just like, make sure these things break super easy. One easily. tube of gas would have been fine. We're shooting them from a rocket. So, you know, we're not sure if the impact will be enough to break these. So make sure they're like make very Make sure it's fragile. a fucking wind chime.
1: <laughs> you know what bothers me most about that scene? So they get to the morgue. And they're hiding behind a desk and they're shooting at the guy who's shooting at them. And he's got a grenade that he's going to throw at them. And Sean Connery decides that the best way to kill him is to shoot at the air conditioner. And the thing that bothers me about it is they walk over after that and Goodspeed says, well, that's the most horrible thing I've ever seen. And Sean Connery, if he's supposed to be Bond, should have said, oh, yes, yeah, he's not in very good condition. <laughs> air
0: condition? Uh, Something about cooling off? I don't uh, know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I used to see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like that. There, he doesn't really have one of those lines in this movie.
0: Yeah, and also
1: him saying he gives a lot of awkward word.
0: thumbs ups, where it seems like he's like really pushing his thumbs up. It's weird. Like he doesn't—he doesn't look natural when he gives thumbs up in this movie. I don't think it is natural. I don't think Sean yeah. Connery is exactly the kind to give like a lot of support. <laughs> I want like give two fingers, the so there's two. He's the kind of dad that when he nods and smiles at you, you're like, I've done so well. That's the most emotion I'll ever get out of him. He just replied right. he loves me. Yeah. He might, he might cry a little when the dog dies.
1: <laughs> One, One tear. Man, now, dog.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So let's let's get into who we're actually gonna be talking about today. Specifically, we mentioned them a few times so far, but the three main characters we'll be recasting today are John Mason. Played by Sean Connery, Dr. Stanley Goodspeed, played by Nicolas Cage, and General Francis X Hummel, played by Ed Harris, who was also excellent in this film. We didn't touch on him a lot, but I'm sure we'll get into him a bit more. It's because Nick Cage and Sean Connery are so weird.
1: That Ed Harris is talk. just
0: great and everything. Ed yeah. Harris is just great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're we'll recasting today. Now we're we'll going to take a very quick break and we'll be right back with all your cinema swapping action. All right, everybody, we are back from the break. We took a quick tour of downtown San Francisco, and I'll tell you what, not actually as hilly as it looks. It's all perspective shots. It's pretty flat, as it turns out. Yeah, just a lot of not Dutch angles, just low angles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I blame Steve McQueen. (laughs)
0: Just You make things look too cool. That's the problem. (laughs) Exactly. Now, speaking of looking cool, The first character we're going to recast today, General Hummel, originally played by Ed Harris. But for my new version of The Rock, I want Denzel Washington to play General Hummel. If there's ever been a guy where he's been a bad guy or just on the wrong side of the law, but you still kind of feel for him and think his cause might be right and you empathize with him, Denzel's so great at that. Like we talked about American Gangster recently. Obviously, he does a similar type thing in John Q, which is a movie maybe not everyone's seen, but he holds a hospital hostage for his son's heart transplant, I think is the premise of that. And he's also just like, he's great. He's old enough, I think, now for that for this role as well, where he could have been fighting for like 40 years in the army, and he's, you know, just grizzled badass who just cares about his men and is willing to do whatever it takes to get them what he thinks they're owed. I think Denzel, I mean, he's always oh, just awesome, too. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. He does a good job of having uh, a little bit of subtlety to his acting as far as, like, coming off stern and, like, harsh. But you can get a little bit of emotional tug from him, and I think that's a good thing. Plus, he probably looks sick, uh, cr- like, in the rain at his wife's grave. Perfect. <laughs> oh, his wife just says his wife. His wife. And then her name, but, like, whose wife? I think, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right? What's the context? The big man, all right? Everyone knows who they're talking about. Yeah. His wife, his mistress, his wife, (laughs) his side piece, like right next to her. They're all dead. That's questionable. Yeah. She died first too. So the wife knew that was coming. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Denzel is my, is my pick for that. What do
1: you think, Jordan? It's an interesting one. I I went into this with a strategy. Mm. And my strategy was to look up the age of the actors who were playing the roles the first time around.
0: Mm. it's a good it's a good strategy to have yeah. i definitely did it with uh a nick cage's character for this but then i threw that at the window it's like eh. <laughs> I yeah know she, no, know that that makes it very different
1: he's like 32 yeah. i usually part?
0: ballpark yeah. it angle and i google actors in their 50s actors in their 30s
1: <laughs> but legitimately the problem i have is that denzel washington's 69 nice yeah. I mean, but like, he's a great actor and he yeah. could obviously do that role. It's just that the, the roles that you see him in, like Man on Fire, you know, Crazy, is about to paint his masterpiece, you know, is um, uh, where he's just going to avenge the daughter that he lost or whatever it is, like his yeah. the da- girl was guarding. Like he's a, uh, he's an equalizer. He's great in those. But he, he's like a, a vengeful spirit. He's not really like a patriot kind of guy. You know, he's he's not like a straight-laced dude. He's a little yeah. too, you know, in, in Equalizer, he works at a Home Depot or something, and he's trying to explain <laughs> yeah. his backstory. And he's like, I was a pip. You were a pip? Yeah. You know, Gladys Knight the Pips? Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's great. I, I think I think you're right. I think you're right about that. I just, I feel like it's not a super action-heavy role. So he only has to run a little bit. He doesn't really shoot anybody. Um, And even though he is like almost 70, he doesn't look almost 70. He still looks like he's, could be anywhere from 50 to to 70. Like he's this ambiguous age. Yeah, I'd I'd say
1: 50 to 60. Maybe you're right. I mean, it's not. not
0: I like the gravitas he would bring to it, I think more than anything. Like he, he would command the respect of everyone in the room, at least for most of the movie. Yeah. I had this image of him in a military uniform from something and I couldn't quite place it. It's Courage Under Fire, but I feel like there's another one where he's in, like, a Navy uniform. I feel like Denzel's played a military kick before. Hey, Courage Under Fire, by the way, 1996, same year. Oh, there
1: you go. <laughs> yeah. He was busy. Which one is yeah. Courage Under Fire? Is that the one with Lou Diamond Phillips? And uh, maybe, n- n- Never mind. It's been so, yeah, yeah, that's the one with Lou, Di-
0: uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Is it uh, Night
1: Train Johnny Mofree's?
0: Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> like I don't think I've seen that since maybe early two thousands, and it was definitely like a on the TV show kind of like movie, and I was like, eh, "It's it's there."
1: <laughs> well,
0: awesome. Jordan, who did you pick to play General Hummel?
1: I went back and forth on this, and there are two guys that I thought about, and I mean I'm not going to reveal both because one of them might like screw over Forrester. We'll mention later. That's why
0: I always go last. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But legitimately, what you want is somebody who's an unflinching patriot. You want that clear, blue-eyed Ed Harris kind of yeah. presence, that sort of, like, restricted, um, disciplined character. And I think, you know, if you're making a movie like this, what you want is, I don't know how much stuff Ed Harris has been in that decade, uh, but it strikes me that Kiefer Sutherland hasn't done anything in a while. Ooh. And you could easily make Kiefer Sutherland a Marine General. Yeah. Because he's been Jack Bauer and people associate him with that role. And he's like, he's the Patriot. He's the guy who's going to get the thing done. Yeah. Uh, regardless of, of what Washington thinks.
0: If yeah. he can take time off his country music touring, then I think he'd do the movie. <laughs> That's what he's been doing. I've oh. seen, I actually saw him live at Boots and Hearts in 2017. And he's pretty good. He plays like old kind of outlaw sounding country. Like he's good. To be fair, the name Kiefer Sutherland definitely makes me think of a country musician before an actor.
1: Like, I checked this on Wikipedia. He's got like nine first names or something. Oh. It's like Kiefer, he chose that one? Patrick, William, Walter, Donald. Oh, so
0: a whole bunch of like nice, easy ones. and Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: extremely Scottish.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, I like that very... pick, though. He's, he's an excellent actor. When he does get in stuff these days, he's pretty good. He was very goofy in Pompeii, but that is a goofy movie. So I won't hold yeah. that against him. Let's not hold that against anyone. No one saw that. It's fine. It didn't I did not right. that. I was hoping Chris, for big it, things. And it, it didn't it was happen. Bad. Chris. It didn't happen. <laughs> okay. I forget. I'll forget it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, also. Yeah. Phenomenal pick, especially because of the Jack Bauer thing. Yeah. Where it's like people know him as a, like a good guy, but a good guy who's done a lot of bad, brutal. You things. know what? He's That's great. great in he's great and designated survivor. That's a, that's a recent show from the last couple of years. There you go. And he plays the president by accident. Whoopsies! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, whoopsies! I'm president was the alternative title for that, and it just did not go over well.
1: <laughs> that's an entire season of Battlestar Galactica. Whoopsie!
0: <laughs> Oops! All presidents. Yeah, I uh-huh. like that pick a lot. He also is like, he's kind of he's older now, so he's like grizzled enough looking, but he's got this like hardcore. Looked to him, like, "Yeah, I just, I love my country. I love my men, and the country. Fuck the men. Yeah, now I'm gonna fuck well, the country."
1: And I think what he can do importantly, because it Harris has these moments where he's staring down the like little tactical camera and he's like, "You just made a mistake," kind of thing. Um, you know, I think he could do that very effectively. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I like that pick a lot. that's a I didn't even. I haven't thought about Kiefer Sutherland since. I saw one of his tweets recently about some concert explaining. <laughs> 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 uh Forrester, give us your pick for General Hummel, bud. Um, I want someone, I really want, so Will Patton's too old for this now, but he's always my alternative Ed Harris, where I'm like, he's got that general feel to him. A little bit more personality, I find, than Ed Harris, but obviously too old. So I was like, I want Gritty, uh, you'll have to shave this guy and clean him up a bit, but I think Josh Brolin would be very good as someone who's like, clearly done a lot of dark things, but it's still kind of like, there's a little bit of light in him They're struggling with. Like, that guilt carries with them. Yeah. Um, but also, he seems like the kind of person that if he gave you a command, like, everyone respects this guy. Josh Brolin comes off like someone who's... You wouldn't fuck with him. You're like, you're a hero, you're a legend kind of thing. Big, booming voice. Exactly. Yeah. Lot of, lots of authority behind him. But yeah. I think he does have, like, he's a decent enough actor that you can put a little bit of emotion behind his eyes when he makes these decisions where he's kind of realizing he might have gone too far with this yeah well that's, I mean, a, that's he, a great he, pick
1: he did just literally play the ultimate good guy doing things for the wrong <laughs> oh, reason <yeah>. role.
0: <laughs> <sniffs> yes he can be purple <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah i mean it's like he believes in the cause for sure <laughs> you know?
0: yeah like i said i think most of his characters when i think about them like a lot of josh brolin characters are Good guy doing a lot of bad things,
1: yeah. Like, that, that sounds really right. Good. I'm
0: trying to think of ones where he's not, and I was like, No country for old men, American a, gangster. A he plays, he plays a shitty cop doing bad things. Oh, yeah, he's just
1: a bad guy doing bad a bad things. guy, right?
0: There you are, there's a <laughs> good you know,
1: one. You know what he is, he's the, the 2010s Nick Nolte, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, better than Nick Nolte. I like Nick well, Jones, I mean, he's
1: cleaner, <laughs> <than Nick Nolte. laughs> handsomer, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, but it's gang- the same.
1: It's the same vibe. It's like yeah, gangster guy, squad. He's,
0: kinda, a, he's a good cop doing maybe a little bit of off the book things, having yeah. fist fights. Actually, he gets to he gets to beat the shit out of uh, who's the human cigarette forester? Oh god! Uh, oh, fuck! Who is it? Does all those commercials for charity and stuff? Yeah, which makes me sound bad saying he, that. Who is? Uh, he's in milk. Who's the? Who's the guy from milk? Oh, Sean Penn, yeah, he's a piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> right, so Sean Penn sucks, and uh,
1: just straight out with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, he's a horrible guy. But uh, jo- Josh Brolin gets to beat him up in Gangster Squad. He boxes him into a fountain, not for real, but we could we could hope, you know, we could dream. Anyway, Wait, yeah, Josh is Brolin Josh great great also in Milk. <laughs> yes, he's a bad guy. He's the bad guy in Milk. Weird, like he's like switched. the homophobic <laughs> politician. Guy. I forgot about that. They just yeah. switched them. They're like, all right, now it's your turn to be the good guy. You get to be the bad guy. He might Fear be the, the f- one who shoots Sean Penn, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Which is, I, again, right. another great thing. <laughs> not killing Harvey Milk. <laughs> not Milk. Not, not, no, not, no. I mean, not Milk. It's specifically Sean Penn Sean is Penn. fine. <laughs> specifically. Yeah. No, I'm, is struggling,
1: a, I'm struggling to think of a movie that I've seen Sean Penn in that I liked. And There must be one. I mean, he must be in something, yeah, because he, like, he's he keeps getting famous, famous
0: enough that he must have been something.
1: I can't think of anything,
0: though. I think he's
1: been in, like mostly Oscar bait stuff that I didn't see. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, was he in Sling Blade? Oh, Fast Times yeah. at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah, no, he Wait, was very no, important in was Fast
1: Sling Blade. He was
0: I Am Sam, <laughs> yes, he was I Am Sam. Yeah, and we all we all know how we feel well, I Am Sam. We've all seen *Tropic uh, Thunder. Oh, uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, I like that one. He's in it. He's actually okay in it, too. He's, he's no Danny Kay. No.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Footloose? No, I, like, I, I, I'm willing to stop <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. <laughs> no Hamilton. <laughs> he peaked. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Early. Yeah. <laughs> Now, yeah. Anyways, you got some alternatives for us, Jordan? I got I got
1: one alternative. It's a guy oh, yeah. I really like, and I wish he had more work. And he's mostly the things that I've seen him in. He hasn't. He's been in movies, but he's always a supporting character. He was in uh, Band of Brothers as like I think Lieutenant Spears or something like that. He's great. Uh, or, or he was in uh, Justified. I think the third season, he's got like a little wrist gun or something like that, like a Derringer. It's uh, Neil McDonough. Oh, Neil McDonough. He's okay. So he, he's not
0: Lieutenant Spears in Banner Brothers*. He's um, a different guy. He's a different lieutenant.
1: But it's, it's the bestowing episode, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Neil McDonough's excellent. He's been in this is the TV and stuff too. I think mostly. Yeah. And a few movies. He was in *Captain America*. He plays Dum Dum Dugan. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually so, seems like someone that I'm surprised isn't in this film already. He's great. The extras.
1: Well, it, it's amazing because, like, when I got the original brief, I was like, "We're going to recast the Rock," and I'm like, "How do you how do you afford to do that?" <laughs> like, I, I was literally <laughs> taking budget into it as consideration. I was like, "You could get him for not very much money, and he could do that. He could do that role." That's
0: a good honorable mention. I like Neil McDonough a lot, and Neil, if you're listening, we hope you get some more work soon. Well,
1: he he's got TV stuff.
0: He's so consistently fine. working. He's yeah. just hoping always. He's not making bank.
1: I just wish he had more recognition because he's good actor. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. He's a guy where like if you see him, it's like, oh, is that guy? Kind of like is it is it Jason Clark, the Australian guy with the curly hair, who's in a lot of stuff. He was in the re- recent Terminator movies. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy whose name I constantly forget. I finally forced myself to like remember his name. But he's like he's one of the guys who are like, Oh, is that guy? It's, he's Planet of the Apes, the newer ones. He's in yeah. the Terminators, he's in a lot of TV shows. He's all over the place. He's great. Lawless. Yeah. Lawless. Yep. God, that's a good movie.
1: The great thing about a career like that is you always have work. You're never going to go hungry. You can put some oh, money yeah. away. I, was, I, was, I do a walking beer tour in Toronto. And it's kind of weird. Because like periodically you'll get a celebrity or like a might. You'll get one of these guys who's on vacation or he's yeah. like going to a film shoot or something. And, you know, I had this guy on the tour. And he's with like 10 other people. And I'm trying not to make a big deal of it. But I recognize him. And I don't know how I recognize him. And it turns out he's one of the supporting detectives on Castle. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and it it turns out that at the time this is happening, I'm playing the video game Far Cry Five. Oh, great game! He he voices one of the villains in that. Is he John? Uh, he's he's like the younger brother of the CEO. Yeah, John. Because actually, I liked
0: Castle for a while, and now that you put the voice now is put together in my head, he's like the clean, the kind of like short brown hair, clean shaven guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we get to the the end of the tour, and I'm standing there in the Mill Street Tap Room, and I'm like. Finally look him up, try to figure out who he is. Because he had like three hour, three and a half hours off being him. That's, yeah. that's fair enough. And I'm like, hey, man, I killed you yesterday. <laughs> 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 you were great in Far Cry 5. That's a great game. I've been
0: playing Far Cry 6 a lot recently, too. Yeah. Which, which is really terrific. They just came out with, I know this is way off topic now for The Rock, but they just came out with a <laughs> Stranger Things crossover mission, which is amazing. It really oh, cool. captures the tone of the show. It's super spooky. It's intense. And like, I was like, edge of my seat, like just dead sprinting for half of the time. And it's like fun. It's really cool. So I, I, I tweeted at Ubisoft. I'm like, hey guys, good job on that. Good job. <laughs> they didn't respond because they're busy being a massive game corporation, but it's out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. I had Javier Bardem for a bit, but I was like, I don't know how convincing is. I was like, I don't remember the last time I heard him do like an American accent. And I was like, I don't think he has
1: it. <laughs> he could do it, but I mean, like, he's got menace, and that's the important thing. I like that idea.
0: He'd yeah. almost be better. I mean, he's too old to play Tony Todd's character, but, like, the guy who turns around to be, like, a real big dick in the end, like, oh. the scariest guy.
1: Well, yeah. as, as a huge Marine, you want somebody like Nathan Jones. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Speaking of guys who aren't huge but are sort of scary, John Mason... And when this was the first one I got. It came to me almost right away. I'm thinking, okay, former SAS, you know, he's kind of older because he's been in prison for a while, has a legendary accent, can do action. I'm going Liam Neeson. Oh. Liam Neeson to play John Mason. So he's Irish accent instead of uh, Scottish accent. But I think, like, that's almost a, a pretty good one for one for me because Liam Neeson's great. In action movies recently, he's, he can do it. more, Maybe more so than older Sean Connery could because he doesn't run around
1: too much. Um, well, the, here Here's the amazing thing about that because I did the research on this. Sean Connery when he films The Rock, 64 years old. Okay. Liam Neeson, 69. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Liam Neeson's my pick. Again,
0: legendary, recognizable accent, can do the action. I've, he can also deliver the kind of like fun dry lines and be an awkward dad because we've seen that before, <laughs> mostly in Taken. But like you know, <laughs> he'd be like, "Oh, hello, daughter. I met for the first time. I I didn't rehearse my speech
1: very well." If you can believe, it, I'm not an evil man, but halfway there. <laughs> yeah. But if it's Liam Neeson, I'm like, um, I don't I can't do Northern Irish. It's impossible. Yeah. You know, only Liam Neeson can be Liam.
0: I like that pick a lot, actually. I think that's I thought for sure you're gonna do the same pick as me, but I realized I was like, I should probably look at the age of the actors I was picking. <laughs>
1: but but <laughs> it's interesting. To... It, the good thing about it is like if you're gonna contemporize the rock, if you're gonna recast it with actors from that are available now, then you can change the backstory of that character. It doesn't have to be a bond analog. Yeah. It could be like a clear and present. Jack Ryan analog villain. It could be like Sean Bean in Patriot Games or whatever it is, you know? Um, uh, So, I mean, you've got somebody who's from Northern Ireland who believes that they are on the right side and they're trying to steal American secrets. Well, that's, you could could have Liam Neeson in prison for 30 years. It would make sense.
0: For the record, I'm really happy I didn't end up with this, but I almost put Sean Bean. (laughs) I had Sean Bean written down. I was like, he said it. I was like, that's fine.
1: Sean Bean would get killed in the first six minutes of the movie. <laughs> well,
0: that, I like the idea of, you no; know, he'd go to roll under the thing. <laughs> and it would just clamp him and then fire him up. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it would be nice to see him survive something. But this would be the movie where you're like, he's going to die heroically. He's going to die heroically. He's going to die heroically, like shouting at the screen. Well, and he doesn't.
1: <laughs> you know, there's precedent for him surviving. I mean, he's, there's an entire series of movies where he's Richard Sharp, who's a rifleman of the 95th oh, Rifles. Great book yeah. series. Where, uh, you know, he's he he lives through all of them. He's he, you know it's great. Um, yeah. It's just that in every Hollywood movie he's ever been in, Sean Bean dies violently. I think for maybe except for maybe two,
0: there was one I saw. I don't remember what it was, but he didn't die. I was like, what? But yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Equilibrium, Ronan. Um,
0: yeah, maybe it's Ronin.
1: Doesn't he? He doesn't die in Ronan? No, he does. Very early yeah. in Ronan. Yeah. yeah. Um, like there, there's a YouTube supercut you can watch. Oh yeah, the Sean yeah. Bean's death. I think he loves it. He
0: must love like play acting death scenes.
1: No, I, I had Sean Bean as an alternative. Yeah, cool. Because he, I Googled British actors in their 60s. Who did you pick as your actual pick? Oh, it's the easiest choice you could possibly make. It's a Bond analog, so it's Pierce Brosnan. Yeah,
0: that was there my pick. Oh,
1: okay, there you go.
0: <laughs> I have an alternative if we want, an alternative that's a little bit younger. But so I was like, I, I thought of, yeah, I was like Dalton would be good too. But Pierce Brosnan, I was like, nah, he looks better with the long hair and the beard. Dalton doesn't look as good with facial hair. Um, That's true. But Yes, I mean, I'll let you go into why you picked him, but I thought of this pick before I even watched the movie. I was like, obviously, guys.
1: <laughs> because I, I really like uh, Brosnan in The Foreigner, the Jackie Chan movie. Like, he, oh, he's, yeah. clearly he can play Gravitas. He can play, you know... But, I mean, the young as a younger Bond character, which is what he's going to slip into here, whether it's the... Um, Matador, is that the one that he's
0: that's in? actually the one that I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah.
1: Where, where he's like a charming, roguish kind of Remington Steely kind Ray of ther- Like you can do the thing, you know, which is what you want. But I mean, in addition to that, well, I'm not gonna say it until we get to the end, because it was an alternate, but uh let's let's see what Forrester's got.
0: Well, so I did go with Pierce Brosnan, but if you want my because I was like, that feels like the obvious choice. The action they have to do is actually surprisingly minimal because, like, yeah, it just feels like the right thing. Like Sean Connery is an action guy, but you don't really see him run that much. It's a lot of fisticuffs, that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, even though uh, Pierce Brosnan is, like, pushing, I think he's 70 now, close to 70,
1: maybe. I mean, yeah. I I think everybody's in better condition than Sean Connery would have been. That's that's (laughs) my (laughs) thought is that I'm like, he's in. Easy it's enough condition. very difficult to be a Glaswegian dock worker in the 1950s, which is what he was. Like, yes. if, if you listen to Billy Connolly talk about it, you'd be just shocked about the fact that any of them are alive. That makes sense. Well, it's funny. It, made,
0: it made me think Like the scene where they're pulling John Mason out of whatever hole he's stashed in reminded me of Billy Connolly in Boondock Saints when they're pulling El Duce out of the maximum security prison. Same hairstyle and everything. Like It, it looked like almost Shot for shot, the <laughs> Billy Connolly thing. Maybe they, so they, maybe they in Boondock Saints modeled it after this a little bit. Yeah. Maybe they're inspired by and it. Someone's side it. was like, that's a good scene. Yeah. Yeah, here's the, here,
1: here's the difference in that cast. Here's Sean Connery. I'll need a suite at the Red Scarletton. I want to shower and I'd like the touch of a shoot. And then Sean, Billy Connolly would be like, have you seen us in there? the sharp yeah. movies <laughs> these days? They're like using a thing called Hohoba. Have you seen Hohoba? <laughs> and i go, you know. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, Billy Connolly would just walk out of the shower when he's trying to be sneaking out, grab a bit of the food, and walk back to the shower before he breaks out. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah,
0: Billy Connolly. I love the
1: haircut you've given me. Look at this haircut he's given me. It's
0: marvelous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, Pierce Brosnan, that's a great pick. Especially, yeah, if it is, you're just like, let's get a different Bond in here, a little bit younger. Yeah, I love, I love I, it. And he's great. I love Pierce Brosnan. So I is think he that humming? Works. Is he humming Mamma Mia to
1: himself at the
0: table before they interrogate him? God, oh, that would be a great little nod. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, very possible. Half? I mean, here here's the other thing, though. I was thinking about it, right? And like, you know, Sean Connery's in the shower. Sean Connery got out in the 1960s. He escaped from the first prison they put him in before they put him in Alcatraz. And he's gone to see you know, the mamas and the papas because he's in the, sa- the shower and he's singing, if you're going to San Francisco, school, you yeah. should have to wear some flowers. And uh, so he's been to a Led Zeppelin concert and all that stuff. And I thought, you know, subsequently, like if, if you're making it in 2022, what's the music from 30 years ago?
0: Nineties. And, and it's a
1: grunge fun. thing. It's a grunge thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I started thinking about like alternate people who that could be and what scenarios you would arrest somebody for 30 years. And I hate to tell you, but one of my alternate castings for Sean Connery was Denzel Washington. <laughs> because I mean, what if you had somebody who was part of the LAPD during the riots yeah. in Los Angeles? You might want to put him away for thirty years for.
0: That's making truth
1: the power. Yeah, fight the power.
0: That's not bad. Uh, my alternate was uh, Liam Cunningham. Oh, oh that's yeah. good, oh, that's a, great, yeah. that's a great that's a great pick. With all of yeah. his fingers, or just just the just the six. <laughs> of Game of Thrones reference, listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's done. He's done a lot of others. Was he dog? Sol- who else was in Dog Soldiers? That's, Pretty much, anyone from Dog Soldiers. He's Sir
1: Davos Seaworth. Yeah, is that who yes, that is? that's that's the character. The Onion been. Knight in the, the Onion Knight. Has he? Did he do anything actionish in the Game of Thrones movies? I mean, he's there all he sword you know. fights a bit. I I think. Think. He, yeah. Mo- mostly, what he does is look on intensely. He implies, yeah, he, he
0: implies sword fighting, at least. He's in a yeah. book a bunch of times. <laughs> I think in the books he sword fights more. Maybe I'm just confusing
1: it. <laughs> he's a really good actor. I mean, he's oh, also a... in
0: First Night with Sean Connery.
1: The, the problem with. Um, Prima Nocta. <laughs> <laughs> I object to this wedding. I have not yet kissed the bride. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, it, you know, it's a good choice. I mean, yeah. I like the guy a lot. I, Jerome Flynn, would he work? Is he too young for that?
0: I think he's too young and and he's got too much of like a shitty eating grin. He's too like quippy, I think.
1: Like he's a natural born sidekick is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I think you just couldn't take him seriously. Like he's so good at like Braun, He's right? In that character Game of Thrones. Or almost, even like in John Wick 3, he plays an Italian for some reason and his accent is all right. Yeah, his I accent think... is equivalent to Oscar Isaac's in Moon Knight. It's like it's like someone who's doing an Italian accent. I think if you cast Flynn, what you're doing is you're not recasting, you're not keeping the Sean Connery bond. Uh you're picking maybe one of the other bonds like a little bit more, I guess not equipping, Maybe the Roger Moore bond instead? Yeah, it's
1: gonna a little... do
0: Yeah, where he's he's still somehow he's been in prison for 30 years, but he's still very witty and sar- like a little bit sarcastic about stuff. You're like
1: A little
0: bit, he's a bit camp. Yeah, that's like, yeah, maybe that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I think he's he's too goofy. Um, speaking of guys who are kind of goofy, let's get on to our last (laughs) character recasting, Dr. Agent Dr. Stanley Goodspeed. And in my new movie, um, my recasting is Ryan Gosling because I think he can bring the right amount of like serious, or just be like, what the hell's going on? And like, hey, listen up, you asshole. Um, because he can flip like he's he's very silly sometimes. Like we watched the uh, the Nice Guys recently, which made me think of this a lot. Where he goes from like I'm this very pseudo professional detective, and then he's just like, "Holy shit, what happened there? I'm hammered, drunk. I fell down a hill." And I, I I think he's the same energy as this Nicolas Cage character, where he's he's charming and kind of fun and a little bit badass, but also goes to the bathroom to puke when he's gonna be in a dangerous situation. Cause he's like, I didn't sign up for this shit. And I can just see Ryan Gosling doing this to a T.
1: It, it's so much a different context. Uh, but like, I think the last thing I saw him in was Only God Forgives. <laughs> which is- like, Very different kind. It's a very different movie than <laughs> The Nice Guys. Um, Russell is good in that too. Um, like, I, I like that idea. I hadn't thought of Ryan Gosling. I think that's a good one. I think it could definitely work. I mean, the thing that I looked at, in addition to Nick Cage's age, which was 34 when they made The Rock, something like that. Like yeah. he's, he's not an old guy. Uh, no. he's, he's only like 58 now. He, mm-hmm. He's not, you know, uh, and he, he's just making a comeback. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, what is it, the Unbearable weight of talent or
0: unbearable oh, weight of massive yes. talent. It massive looks really talent. good. Yes. And I do want to see we'll have to
1: go see that Forester.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pedro Pascal being crazy when they finally let him loose. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> but,
1: but the thing is, I mean, like The Rock is a watershed in Nick's Cage Nick Cage's career. Yeah. Because everything before that is weirdly Lynchian Cohen brothers Z stuff. It's raising Arizona, it's Vampire's Kiss. It's uh they're,
0: they're weird movies where he feels to Heart. be weird
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and like his his acting style really works in wilder heart where he's like standing up in the back of a um convertible with laura dern saying you know this snakeskin jacket it's a symbol of my you know whatever it is yeah. and it's just like okay so the idea that you're taking ryan gosling who's done some of that stuff like the, the fact that he's made an only god for probably makes him and or driver i mean like you know he can do action sure but yeah. like the over-the-top kick-ass action hero is a different kind of thing. And I think he could do that for Yeah.
0: I think he could do it because also Stanley Goodspeed isn't an over-the-top kick-ass guy. He's just like a fairly normal dude who's really good at chemistry. And yeah. uh, I also like the... I, I just imagine his, you know, former prom queen girlfriend sitting him down and saying, I'm pregnant, a second after he says, God, have a baby suck. And I'd be like, <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> and what he, what's the line like? I I've changed my mind since then or something. What he, what's he well, saying? A, seconds lot, has ago. A lot has happened since I said that. <laughs> what, seven I I get just see him delivering that scene
1: perfectly. Yeah, I mean, like I think he'd be really good. Mm-hmm. You you might have me beat. Oh, well let's hear let's hear picture. Oh I'm still I'm still weighing it here. I'm trying to figure out what Forrester's gonna do.
0: I how, how I got... badly I have, like, a list of, like, seven different ones. Well,
1: here here is the difficult thing. Legitimately, you can't have an established action star Um, because, like, if you cast Ryan Reynolds in this role, obviously you could do it, but you can't. I mean, first of all, you don't have the budget. He's going to lean into the Nick Cage over the top of Similarly, like, Chris Pratt is booked, you know, and he would kind of fit, but it's not a good choice for that reason. Um, He's in so much other stuff.
0: This like kind of dumb guy energy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need not what, in a bad way, but he does. But, what you need is like smart guy energy. So I came down to two, and I'm, I'm gonna go with Donald Glover. Oh, great! I pick.
0: not even king on my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listener, Forrester held his phone up to the screen, but because it's a, a laptop, uh, yeah. all we saw was light. So he like, could have been lying to us. It's entirely possible. He's just bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> take a screenshot and send it to you guys (laughs) we believe you yeah but i mean
1: donald glover i mean he's got the childish gambino persona i love that it's god he's good he's incredibly talented he's very funny his stand-up is great but nothing he's been in is really screamed action hero i mean even when he's in star wars he's lando calrissian so good yeah, Dead. smooth, right? But I mean, if you go back and you watch Community, he clearly can play like a nerdy dude. So he's got all these other chops that aren't really that yeah. can come together if you put him in an action hero kind of role. If you blend
0: up five Donald Glovers together, you get Donald Glover, and he's perfect for this.
1: Absolutely, I mean, he's done some avant-garde stuff, but he's like, and I think he could do the over-the-top acting if that's what you require of him. But at the same time, like, you don't need him to do it. Yeah. He could put his own spin on it, and that'd be cool. I mean, the the great thing is there's so many actors you could put in that role that you could diversify the cast a little bit. I mean, it doesn't have to be uh, in the way that it was in the 90s, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, you know?
0: I think that's an excellent pick. I mean, obviously... (laughs) Maybe a third pick for me, and specifically because I can imagine him doing the weird like rock. You're the Rocket Man, like pun,
1: and like, weird too, like singing
0: geeky moments. I'm like that feels very his energy, and I'm almost like maybe Nicholas Cage is a little too action for this, and I feel like Don Glover, yeah, isn't. That's the thing. He can be smart, cool, but he's not actiony
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I I mean, I can't argue with that. I had it as because
1: one of the puzzle picks. i I didn't, though. <laughs> fundamentally, you cannot replace Nicolas Cage. I mean, it has to be somebody putting their own spin on it because you can't have somebody deliver the character the way that he delivers Stanley Goodspeed. It's just not... No one can do it. They could try. Yeah. It would yeah. fall way
0: short. <laughs> exactly. I think that's fair. Um, I So that was my third pick. Uh, my first pick, I actually... I don't love him as an actor, but I think specifically for this role, actually, maybe I just don't like him that much as a person. I don't know him <laughs> that well, obviously. Don't know him on a first name basis, um, but I'm thinking with Andrew Garfield because he's kind oh, yeah. of the right age. He's got that geeky kind of cool energy that might lead him to like be the cool guy in the office, yes.
1: but in the office. 38 I checked there you go
0: yeah oh yeah yeah he's he was like he's kind of the right age maybe a little bit old but he doesn't look I I like Andrew Garfield I get the vibe from him that he's actually probably a pretty chill like nice guy I feel I feel like he's I feel like he's a fun guy it's hard to tell but I get the feeling like the geeky things and the line delivery I like that like Nicolas Cage comes off a little unhinged I think Andrew Garfield would come off genuinely geeky like he thinks he's delivering a cool line but it's like it's an Elton John lyric. <laughs> now here's a question: Andrew Garfield, famously a big hair guy. Now is he getting short, like really short hair for this, or is he doing no. this big fucking Andrew Garfield hair? Still, still big ish hair because he okay. is a nerd. Like he's a lab nerd. He's not in the field or anything like that. Yeah, um, no,
1: it's it's very night. Well, 2000s pop punk hair.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of the point. Is that I'm like thinking like, if Nick Cage is a Beatles fan, you gotta pick like. Gauge and I could see Andrew Garfield being, yeah, the equivalent kind of nowadays. He's a big Green Day guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's very 741. <laughs> oh, no. That's the I'm Beatles, guys. Keep, That's how you're comparing trying those
0: two. <laughs> to keep. Yeah, 741's the Canadian Beatles. Everyone knows yeah. that. Um, I also For, like the bro, idea. It,
1: it could be worse. It could be Matchbox I, 20, now.
0: Yeah. I had a list of people, but they all got kind of too big. Not big as in like, well, big as in stardom, but big as in like, Physically Badger. too big, like Adam Driver. I was like, "Yeah, he'd be a great geeky guy." He was an he's alternate. He was, he
1: was the he was my second choice. Third choice, Camille Nungiani.
0: Oh, yeah, excellent choice too. too I had uh, Simu Liu too. Fucking
1: yoke now. Dude got just jacked.
0: Too many big guys. Nicholas Holt was a nice one where he's, he's not quite yeah. that big, but yeah. you know, he just doesn't have that kind of, eh, not as much as Andrew Garfield at least, like hipstery energy. The, who
1: was the kid from Baby Driver? He might have worked. Ansel Elgort? Yeah.
0: No personality.
1: No no wonder I didn't re- remember that name. <laughs> yeah. I think he's, someone described him as human cardboard cutout. Which I, is... mean, I describe him as suitable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, how about Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, he would have been good. Oh yeah. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Because, uh... I mean, nerdy, but he was in that action movie where he gets guns stapled to his hands and then like,
0: uh, Kimbo Guns of Kimbo Guns of Kimbo. Guns of Kimbo yeah. That's it,
1: yeah. Um, I thought you were gonna
0: say, what's the not switch play, man? Um, pocket knife, oh, what's Swiss the word? Huh? So, he's a farting corpse, <laughs> <laughs> right? A <laughs> buddy comedy featuring like farting corpse,
1: <laughs> yeah. He, it, it's it's a really it's a fun movie. Here are some other people I'd like to see in the movie. I mean, yeah. before we do, I'd like to see uh, Charlie Day as one of the lab scientists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd Let's like to this in
0: my fucking heart, man. Yeah, that guy specifically, or the barber. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. I, I want to see uh, Christopher Maloney in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, he's the. He uh, could almost be General Hummel if he was going to be like really intense. Christopher
1: Maloney. Yeah, that would be practically pretty good. And also, I mean, you need to replace Michael Bean with somebody.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of want. He might be a good.
1: I want Walton Goggins. Oh, okay. But I mean, these are all just like I was, you know, I put in too much research.
0: How about Maloney as uh, Foresight, as the I'm FBI working. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes yeah. in, threatens Pierce Brosnan. <laughs>
1: but but that's that's the level of talent you have to work at in order to cast this at a budgetary level that's going to work. Yeah, it's like a guy who's been on HBO show for two seasons. <laughs> I
0: was just like, incredible actor who's never really been a leading person. <laughs> I mean,
1: who can you replace David Morris with at this point? And the answer is Henry Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: picks. that's all, great picks. Great honorable mentions. Uh, let's all now recap our picks for each other. And then we can let each other know if we've made an as good, better, or worse movie than the original. So I'll start us off. For General Hummel, I had Denzel Washington. For uh, John Mason, I had Liam Neeson. And for Dr. Stanley Goodspeed, I had Ryan Gosling. What do you guys think?
1: I'm going to let Forrester go first.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to say, as good, I do like Connery and uh, Cage in this are like really at a good point in their careers when they did this. But that being said, I feel like it might detract from it because it's those two that you always, you're coming with a lot of expectations. And I think you maybe just have a smoother movie overall. (laughs) Like Nick Cage is good, but in this movie he does feel like one way or the other a little bit too much. And that's his charm, but eh, you could just go one way on this one. Um, The thing in this movie is like when he's, when he's smooth and like chill and, and being a normal dude, it's really believable. And then when he's like yelly, and trying to be like a tough guy, it's like, what are you doing? It's a little bit, but a bit much. I, yeah, I'm going to say as good, but not in the same way. Like I think sure, you I'll take probably it. would not get the same status as The Rock has now because you don't have, like, I think you've just made a competent action movie instead of The Rock. <laughs>
1: so I, can't, I
0: can't shoot you down for that. I can't be like, this is a bad idea. Um, uh, They're all excellent picks. I would, my biggest concern is Denzel working with everyone where he would be, he's like a side character in this sort of, I'm like, that's not how Denzel rolls. Maybe you're right, maybe you're right. It, I, would, I would like to see this try and get made. How about that? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I think that's it. I think the, the thing that makes this movie work regardless of who's in the Ed Harris role is the relationship between like it's, it's the casting, it's the dynamic between Mason and Goodspeed um so it it's like gosling liam neeson i'm trying to picture them together and i, I, I it, it i can see it i like it would be a thing i don't know how the chemistry would work what i do want to see though is liam neeson and denzel washington like doing that standoff scene in the courtyard where so are you good to shoot him as well you know that kind of thing um uh i want to see denzel washington do that uh Tree of Liberty has to be refreshed from time, and time, time to time to the, with the blood of patriots' line. Beautiful. Like I want to see his delivery of that. I legitimately. And I also. Be kind
0: of, I think I, it'd be more, like more kind of icy coming from Denzel.
1: Yeah, he would do the courage under fire thing where he's like, he, you practically crying, you know, like he's so focused on it that he's got like one single manly tear. Yeah. Um, And then like the the Liam Neeson, I'd like to see him do an Oscar Wilde. Well. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, which is, uh, and I'm going to try to do Liam Neeson now, but I'm not sure if I can. That's pretty
0: good. That's pretty good.
1: Patriotism is the virtue of the vicious. Oscar Wilde. Um, That'd be cool. I think, like, I like that part. I'm not sure about Gosling. um, Neeson. No, fair enough. Totally fair. So what do you think? As good, worse,
0: or better? As good, I think
1: Feel I mean, free to say
0: worse. Most of our guests do. <laughs> okay, well, in that case I'm
1: gonna go. I'm gonna go with worse. Then I was. I was trying to be polite. <laughs>
0: no, that's okay. Don't. No, don't hold back. This is the ruthless part of the show. Yeah.
1: Because and only because I don't know that the chemistry between the two male leads works.
0: No, that's fair. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I just like. I think these people are perfect in these roles, and then didn't think of them as much, kind of combining together.
1: And and I appreciate that I've left the door way the fuck open on that one. (laughs) 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 Speaking of. of, (laughs) Right. Um, Jordan, give us your list again, my friend. So uh, for Francis X. Hummel, uh, Marine General or whatever it is, um, I went with Kiefer Sutherland. I like that. Yeah. We've got uh, Pierce Brosnan as, you know, aging James Bond. Uh, John Mason and we've got uh, Donald Glover as Stanley
0: Goodspeed I, I'll i say it right now I think probably as good because I could see Pierce Brosnan not wanting to put up with Donald Glover's shit for the first half of the movie yeah. and being like I gotta drag this guy along with me and I love Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland as the general I think he can be shouty and intense when he needs to be in that and then like emotional when he needs to be I like Pierce Brosnan, obviously, for for this, and I like Donald, I, I like it. I think it works pretty well together. And I would definitely, if I saw these three names on a movie poster, I would be going to see that movie. Absolutely. So I'll give that an ass good. <laughs> uh, I'm actually gonna give it a, a slightly better, and I'm gonna Ooh, explain a little bit wow. why. Because as like I said, I like like all the actors in this are great, but I'm not sure if they work to make like the best movie possible. And specifically, I think there's a little bit too much immediate chemistry between Sean Connery and Nick Cage. Like somehow Connery knows this guy's okay way too early. And I feel like with Pierce Brosnan and Don Glover, you have a little bit more like there's probably that tenseness where he is just a geek. And you have someone who's super cool, like smooth, cool, being like this guy. And then turns around a little bit after uh, the car chase scene. I'm like, I can see that being like a little bit more of a developing relationship. This one feels more like like the old one. I don't know if it was it just wasn't written in there really as much and the actors weren't going to do that cuz they were going like it's an action movie. I think you've picked actors that might do that better. Um at the very least too I Nick Cage has done at, more action films. Yeah. He doesn't seem as lab scientist, he's action scientist, which I'm like even though he gets his ass kicked, he's still kind of action scientist. Yeah. Don Glover I see being like you know, not action scientist, just scientist. Hmm. Like, hanging on, screaming a lot more.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot more oh shits.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like I, I think that in order to get Donald Glover to turn into a hero, you really have to put his back up against the wall. Yeah. As, as opposed to Nick Cage, who's like sitting there in a hanging thingy that's going along a rail, you know? Yeah,
0: like, I, I like the idea of him being like stumbling a little bit more. And I think Donald Glover can do that better that's the only thing that like the rest of them like nailed it pretty close to one for one. Um, yeah, yeah. I just like it. That helps that too, that half those were picks. I had locked in where I was like, those are good choices <laughs> that I was awesome. really thinking about them. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Uh, Forrester, give us your list again, my friend Finish. All right. Offer. So general Hummel formerly played by Ed Harris now played by Joshua Brolin. Not sure if his name's actually Joshua or just Josh. Uh, <laughs> John Mason, formerly played by Sean Connery, now played by Pierce Brosnan, and Dr. Stanley Goodspeed, formerly played by the Nicholas Cage, now played by Andrew Garfield.
1: I think the interesting part about that one is it changes the dynamic a little bit. Um, In that Sean Connery is older than Ed Harris by like a lot, by a visible amount. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, Brolin and Pierce Brosnan, if you put them on screen together, are both of a similar age similar looking with, yeah similar looking as well so it, it's really more of like a testosterone head-to-head kind of a, like machismo kind of a
0: thing. two old bulls fighting over the one
1: but it, uh, it does give you that like bull. british
0: british smoothness to like american grit yeah
1: yeah and and i think the thing is that the the thing that's going to work with brosnan and i i have to you know, compliment myself on having chosen him as well. Is that uh, he's got this kind of slightly funny Rud? Well, I'm just going to give myself the Barry Horowitz pat on the back. There, <laughs> um, the, the thing that's going to work well with him is the 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 slight Roger Moore, you know, chutzpah that goes with that James Bond Bondin interpretation. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have him, he can be serious and he can be like a proper action guy, and he can go up against Josh Brolin. But I mean, you could also have, you know, your your good speed choice there, and Andy Andrew Garfield, Garfield yeah. uh, loosening him up a little bit, like he like Garfield's a pleasant, charming man, you know, and he's not an action hero. So I think that you know you've got two sides of Pierce Brosnan coming out, which is good. I think you could you could probably play that that way, and for that reason, I'm going to give it as good as. Oh, there you go. God damn,
0: well, I also you. I also think as good as great picks. I think Andrew Garfield would be kind of similar with the Don Glover, where he's like more scientist than action, which I, I kind of like. Um, I'm not sure if his big hair is going to fit in the hazmat suit. The
1: in the tunnels. See.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No longer filming on location. Those tunnels are way too it's small. It's all CGI right? now. The explosions are real, but tunnels are CGI. <laughs>
1: his hair is whiter than his torso. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> He's got,
0: he's, he's got the cat thing, right? Anything he can fit his head through, he can get through. He's, him and Ben Schwartz go to the same barber, I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> You're saying Garfield has the cat thing? <laughs>
0: there, there you go. See, listen, This days, is why days, we days have days. Jordan here for that shit right there, the gold. <laughs> no, That's I'll give it sad. as good as well for sure. I, I, I like it. Pierce Brosnan and Josh Brolin, you know, I do want to see him. Wait, sorry. Do you have Josh Brolin? Yes. Yeah. 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 I want to see them butt heads, um, and I also want to see Josh Brolin, uh, like be a badass and stuff. It's always very fun. Yeah, and also just stare down Andrew Garfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andrew Garfield would piss himself, <laughs> as any man would, <laughs> as you should. Yeah. But in a form of in a, in a thing of flattery. As a proper amount of respect. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's respect piss, not fear piss.
1: (laughs) I I do have one final question. Sure. I mean, you get to the end of the movie. Mm. And because it's Sean Connery and it's 1996 and he's been in jail since 1966 or whatever it is, which is too early for Led Zeppelin, by the way.
0: Yes, I also thought that. But Wait, he did break out, so maybe he broke out. He broke out for one night to to see Led Zeppelin. That's how I read it.
1: Went to the Fillmore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess my question is, you know, at the end of the movie, he says, good speed. I, I presume you're familiar with the etymology of your name, you know, yeah. um, and well, sure. Godspeed. Yeah. You know. Um, so he goes and like finds the microfiche in the leg of the pew in Fort Walton, Kansas. Uh, what, what are the, what on earth are they using as leverage from 1992? Clinton. Like,
0: when was Desert really Club? fucked
1: up Clinton stuff?
0: Jimmy Carter, actually an Android.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it runs on peanut oil that's why yeah.
0: <gasps> it all makes sense
1: <laughs> there's a picture
0: of jfk being assassinated in 92 instead of uh 63
1: damn yeah that's what that's one tall knoll.
0: i mean you could still keep a lot of that stuff. oh it's still mystery it could be a picture it could be one of like uh Who's the guy from uh, Nirvana who was killed by his Kurt Cobain? Wife. Kurt Cobain. Kurt yeah. Cobain. They could be got have Courtney Love holding the shotgun. Not exactly a political thing,
1: but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people well, who only really killed Kurt Cobain. It he could be me? a
0: picture of somebody like Biggie and Tupac being best buddies. Ooh, oh, that, yeah, that's, that's what it fun. is.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, it's all really sort of insignificant pop culture things. I mean, alternatively, 90s. you still set it in the 90s (laughs) it's just a period piece now (laughs) they mentioned the jfk cover-up twice in this movie Mm -hmm. and then don't really go into it obviously
1: actually my favorite part of it is leo mcgarry uh, john spencer womack says the roswell landing like offhandedly all this (laughs) shit like no one even touches on that no one's like uh, i'm
0: sorry what (laughs) a and he's like i can't tell you it's like
1: um. Okay. The- Theoretically, John Mason is one of the only people on Earth who knows of the existence of extraterrestrial life.
0: Well, apparently, the, all of the FBI does because they just don't even react to it.
1: Except for like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, he's the only one with maybe <laughs> evidence of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Amazing. Well, you know what? I think that is a really great place to wrap up our recasting in this episode. But before we go, Jordan, please let our listeners know uh ontario craft beer guide the podcast talked about talk about that tell us what you're what you're writing about
1: tell us what you're up to good lord i mean i spent most of the afternoon trying to collate lcdo annual reports so that i have data over the last 10 years so i can tell you exactly what the state of play is in ontario's craft beer scene did you
0: find the price of a case of beer in 1973 $6.65
1: $6.65 plus deposit for a whopping grand total of seven eighty-five. dollars Of course, with your median income that year being $21,912, you could afford 3,192 cases of beer.
0: You could build a house out of that.
1: Well, there you yeah, go. Absolutely. <laughs> the problem is that currently a case of beer costs $4,150, and the average median income in Ontario is $39,500, so it's like 912 cases of beer. As you can tell, I get a little bit nerdy about these things. <laughs> So, where, can we, where can we listen to you be nerdy? <laughs> well, on the Ontario Craft Beer Guide, the podcast. But I am also the editor of the Crowler magazine, the only craft beer magazine on Ontario. I write for the LCBO food and drink. I'll be in the autumn issue talking about local ingredients and local beers that you can purchase. Uh, locally? At your LCBO. Locally. <laughs> no, locally. And uh, let's see, what else is there? Uh, there's the, Hopefully, we, we're going to release the Ontario Craft Beer Guide, the podcast, the T-shirt. We're going to get into merch some point so uh, you know all, all sorts of great things are happening uh, i'm also teaching at niagara college so if yeah. you're a student there and you're listening to this podcast uh, congratulations you're the one well done
0: <laughs> yeah. well you know we were a plus <laughs> we, we were talking about it a little bit during the break jordan Like, i'm a big fan i mean i'm a i'm a big craft beer guy i work in the industry myself i'm a big fan of your writing and the podcast is great if you're if you're in canada or if you're in ontario and you're interested in the goings-on in craft beer in the industry. It's a great listen. It's like half an hour episodes, much shorter than this episode. You, you can bang up real bite-sized stuff. Hit uh join your co-host Robin. She's excellent as well. You know, you guys are both your great, great pair. And uh yeah, we're we're really happy you joined us for this episode. It's been a ton of fun. Um, it was great chatting with the movie with you and just making jokes and hearing your unreal impressions, I will say. Very I, good
1: I, I can't believe I managed Liam Neeson. frankly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. nailed it. <laughs> Now, if, you know, the podcast awards, listen to this. He got his Liam Neeson accent. No one else can do that. At least give us one for that, right, guys? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Listeners, uh, you know where you can find us. We're at CinemaSwap on all the social medias. Please tell us who you would want to see to be in this movie. If you liked our picks, if you like Jordan's voices, which I think you should because they were very good. Uh, but I uh, really want to see, see uh, George Lazenby instead of Pierce Brosnan, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's an Australian and, fashion model. I mean, that's not going to work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw him in a kilt. I know it works, damn it. <laughs> you know, uh, please rate us. You know, give us those five-star ratings and reviews. Very helpful. Spread the word. Spread the love. We appreciate it. We love you for it. You know, come to San Francisco and just be love with us, really, is the message of this podcast, I think. Um, And more important than all of that, losers whine about doing the best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Goodbye.
1: Bye.